And a nice start to your Wednesday mornings. This is the Around the Bases podcast. I'm your host, Tyler, a.k.a. TG, T. Greg, and Ty. What a beautiful day. Uh, it's great to be back um, at home and, you know, ready, looking forward to getting this new episode up for you. Um, we got a lot to discuss, as per usual. You know, a lot, of, lot happened in the past week in college softball. Um... There was the announcement of a new professional softball league that's uh, coming up here right after the end. The National Pro Fast Pitch season ends in August, so that's another exciting ad- adventure. Um, the game of professional softball is growing, so that's great to see. Um, and we'll talk more about that as more and more details become available for that um, throughout the year. Um, but we just want to focus it in on college softball right now and um let's just get jump right in shall we um let's get started uh give me one second all right so my first headline for you is how dumb is it to play a team in your conference and have it not count as a conference game or towards their conference record Honestly, this might be one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in sports. I mean, I don't know what the reasoning behind it is, but it's a terrible idea. If you play a team in your conference, that should count towards your conference record, regardless of how many times you actually play them. I I mean, I just don't understand how you can possibly set up a schedule that has games like that. It's not a good look, in my opinion, um, when you have Duke and NC State who last Wednesday, I believe, or I think it was last Wednesday, played a non-conference game. And it just doesn't make sense. I don't get it. I understand you structure your uh, weekends as a conference, but every game you should play against your conference, or a a team in your conference, should count as a conference game. I mean, Clemson played Duke twice in the opening weekend, and those didn't count either. I... It it frustrates me that this is happening, and I don't understand why they are doing this. I would, I need more reason, I need to be told the reasoning behind this, because if I don't, it's going to drive me crazy, but it's just absolutely so dumb to me to see the, that a team is playing someone in their conference, and it doesn't count towards their conference record, or their, um, or as a conference game. It just blows my mind that you can schedule a season like that or with games like that. I I don't get it. It's very annoying to me and I just absolutely don't understand the reasoning behind it. Um so if anyone has any explanation as to why they set up games like that, then please feel free to reach out to me and let me know because this is absolutely one of the dumbest things I've ever seen, in my opinion, but that might just be me, I don't know, well, I I, I mean, let me know how you feel about that, because that's just unbelievably dumb, but anyway, um, so which win was bigger for the program, Duke beating Texas at Texas in their third year as a program? or Clemson beating Georgia at home in its first season. In my opinion, Clemson beating Georgia is the bigger win. 
they're in their first year as a program. Um, you wouldn't think they would be capable of winning that huge of a game in their first year as a program. And credit to Clemson and everyone that is a part of that team. They've come out and played really well this year. Um, and we'll talk more about Clemson a little bit uh, in the recap later on. Well, actually, we'll talk about it a little more in a couple minutes. But um, credit to the, uh, John Rittman, the coach of, at, over at Clemson, and all the recruiting that he's done to get that team going and playing like a well-oiled machine as right now. I mean, they're looking re- I mean, they're – I mean – I'm going to have a little bit more about Clemson's ACC series the rest of the way in a, in a couple minutes, but a credit to Clemson for coming out strong to start their first or to be in their inaugural season. It's really quite impressive to watch. And Clemson has a chance to be, quite honestly, a top four team in the ACC in their first season if I'm thinking about this, if I'm looking at it the right way, which I think I am, I mean, legitimately, Clemson, they might not be able to beat, say, a Florida State or a Virginia Tech or take a series from them yet. But who else in the ACC really poses a massive threat to Clemson? I, I, I don't know. I just don't know. I, The ACC is not the strongest softball conference, but... I mean, Clemson just came in immediately and just started to really be pro- very productive. And it's a credit to Rittman and his team for making this happen. Um, it's really awesome to watch, too, because they're in their first season. So everything's basically, you're setting new all these program records and all these fun facts that come with this team. And it's, it's just really fun to watch, really. And... Side note to that, that's not. this isn't anything to take away from what Duke did at Texas. But at least they've had two years under their belt playing competitive games. So they've had a little bit of time to adjust to playing an NCAA schedule and recruiting more and all of those types of things. So Duke has a little bit, has had a little bit more time under their belt. So, you know, it's still impressive that they're beating Texas on Texas's field, but Clemson beating Georgia is just absolutely, I mean, because I said Georgia's offense could overcome their pitching, and I guess, you know, Clemson got that one off, so it was, uh, you know, so Clemson, you know, they could very well finish the uh, regular season in the top four in the ACC. We'll just have to wait and stay tuned to see how all that goes, works itself out, but anyway. Texas Tech is slumping, um, so what's wrong with them? I honestly couldn't tell you. Um, they have players worthy of a top 25 team. in, And they're also in the very competitive Big 12. So this team should look better than they do now. And, you know, in the craziness that is this college softball season, it's really just, uh, you know, Teams are just up and down. There's not really much consistency. Um, I mean, still UCLA and Texas, Washington is starting to throw itself in the conversation of being uh, very consistent. Arizona, 
Um, but, you know, Texas Tech's got the right players. They, they have the pieces there to be a very good team, and it's just not all coming together right now, and that's okay. I mean, we still haven't started. We're getting ready to kick off conference play, and the SEC and other conferences. The ACC started last week. Um, but, I mean, Texas Tech, they'll have chances against Texas, Oklahoma, Baylor. Um, so, they'll have chances within their own conference to make, make a statement, shall we say. Um, so, we'll see if Texas Tech can take advantage of that and, you know, really prove that they deserve to be recognized on the last, uh, the national landscape. Um, so we'll see if Texas Tech can improve and see what they can do moving forward. Um, but they certainly have the opportunities to be able to keep them in the national landscape and possibly a team that could, you know, advance to a super regional. Um, but we'll discuss more about that I mean we, we we're two months away from conference tournaments and softball so we're getting <laughs> the tickers t the timer is ticking <clears throat> speaking uh, all right we're gonna go back to Clemson here Clemson got their first ACC series win as a program in a sweep at home over UVA can they keep it up all right, so let's look at AC, their ACC series left. They're at home against Pitt. Very well could easily be a sweep. At Georgia Tech, they might drop one there, but they should win that series. At NC State, I've had the fortune to be able to watch NC State in person. Honestly can tell you, not impressed by what I saw. So Clemson, I think, could go to NC State and take at least two of those three games. At home against Syracuse, probably should win at least two of those games. At Virginia Tech, that's going to be a really tough test for them. Um, we'll see if I they could take a game from Virginia Tech, but I'm just not entirely sure if they will. At home against Florida State, which is their biggest ACC series of the season, um, they may not win a game in that series but they can they can definitely I'm sure they'll show a fight in that series and then at Boston College to end the ACC regular season um, again probably at least a two win series so those are the seven series that they have left and I could very easily see Clemson sweeping or at least winning five of those seven ACC series left to go um Virginia Tech and Florida State in back-to-back -back weeks is extremely difficult. But I think this team should at least give them a fight so that they're not getting swept um, so bad that they they don't feel like they can ever, you know, hang with these teams and beat them. Um, Clemson may be, I mean, they may very well be able to take a game from these two, from Virginia Tech and Florida State. I just need to wait a little bit. I mean, those, that's, those series are happening in April, so we'll see how Clemson deals with the ACC schedule to that up to that point. Um, 
But Clemson, I mean, like I said, I, they could very well be a top four team in the ACC. Maybe even top three. If they can just win their games, and if they can win five of those series, I mean, that's, let's see, at least winning five of those series, so that would be two wins, that'd be ten and five, and then go maybe two and four against Virginia Tech and Florida State, that's 12 and, um, Twelve and nine in the ACC. They could very easily have a winning record in the ACC, in my opinion. Wait, no, that's just for those games. They could be fifteen and nine potentially. Um, and that's without even sweeping the some of the series. So I don't. I mean, Clemson, keep rocking out, keep doing your thing, make keep making your first season extremely exciting, and just keep playing the way you've been playing so far this season. And you know. Keep doing your thing. There's no reason to change anything now. All right, so pitching and defense is starting to pick it up more among the elite teams out there, but the upsets continue. Does this trend continue, or will the upsets become less commonplace? Um, you know, upsets are just going to happen when you have top 25 teams playing each other in conference play coming up here. Um, but I fully expect that unranked teams will continue to beat ranked teams as we continue the march into conference play. Haha, <laughs> see what I did there? It is March. Um, but yes, uh, unranked teams, I can, I 100% expect them to continue to be able to beat these ranked teams and the upsets to continue to flow as we get, as we are gearing up for some pretty good conference play coming up. Um, <clears throat> as I mentioned, SEC play starts this weekend. Um, there's some ACC series going on this weekend. Um, I think the Pac-12 doesn't start until at least next week, but I, I'm pretty confident on that one. Um, Anyway, um, but yes, I fully expect those upsets to continue, and we'll just have to keep seeing if the Pete pitching and defense steps up to be able to shut down the hitting that we've seen all season, or if the hitting trends will continue and we'll just see more, more and more runs, hits, bombs, errors, um, just whatever, you know. Um, my last headline is... Is Mississippi State really as good as their 18-3 record? Honestly, I don't think we can answer that yet. They, have played, they haven't played the greatest of opposition so far. Let's wait until they play an uh, SEC series before we make any conclusions about this team. Because, I, I mean, Mississippi State's played some uh, several good teams. Maybe not necessarily several great teams, but... I'm not overly convinced that Mississippi State is really as good as their 18 and three record right now, um, so I need to see a I need to see their um, I need to see them play an SEC um, three game series before I can judge whether Mississippi State is actually as good as their record says they are, um, and that's the fun part about this. The records 
maybe not, don't tell the full story of how the team is playing, you know, stats. I'm a huge stats guy, and I'm about to bring up many stats for you. But um, records don't tell the entire story to me. You, you can be absolutely terrible but still actually play well. Um, on your depending on your stats and all that. Um, so I mean, they're just factors, you know, that some people, you know, it just you can't control, and things are out of your hands. Um, but like I said, we're gonna have to just wait and see if Mississippi State is really as good as they look, or by from their record standpoint. Um. So we'll give that some time before I come back to that subject. I don't think they play an SEC series this weekend, or if they do, I don't think I put it down here yet. I don't think I put it on the highlighted games for the week. No. Um, so either they're not playing an SEC schedule, or they're not playing any teams necessarily of note, in my opinion. Um, but anyway. All right, let's get to the stat leaders um, so far as of Monday. Again, as of Monday, not as of yesterday, as of Monday. All right, so your individual stats leaders. Leading the nation in batting average, we have Bridget Rooney of Cornell. Her batting average is a .667, so she's getting a hit in two-thirds of her at-bats. Kate Gordon of JMU, third in batting average with a .571. Bailey Vick at Kentucky, fourth in batting average with a .564. So, there's some notables of the top five for batting average. Leading the nation in RBIs per game is Alex Martins of Kentucky. She has 1.95 RBIs per game. She's almost got two RBIs per game. That's actually kind of incredible if you think about it and I'll get to why that's even more incredible in a little in a, in a little bit um, <clears throat> leading the nation in ERA Shelby Wickersham of LSU she's got a .25 ERA um, third in ERA in the nation is also from LSU Allie Kilpinen or Kilponen, excuse me. Um, she's third in ERA with a .29. So that tells you how close it is from first to third in ERA in the country. Um, leading the nation in strikeouts per seven innings with 15 strikeouts per game, essentially. Courtney Coppersmith of UMBC. Alex Storacco of Michigan is third in the nation in strikeouts per game with 13, or strikeouts per seven innings with 13. Lauren Mathis of Georgia is fourth in strikeouts per seven innings with 12.7. All right, so we have three pitchers that are tied with 11 wins in the country. Well, actually four, but I didn't want to throw in um, the other one. Jenna Green of Presbyterian, Megan Faramo of UCLA, and Keely Rochard of Virginia Tech all have 11 wins in the circle. Mariah Lopez is of Arizona is 5th in the nation with 10 wins. 
leading the nation in runs per game. Kate Gordon of JMU with 1.54 runs per game. Sarah Jubis of JMU is third in the nation in runs per game with a 1.46. Bailey Vick of Kentucky, fourth in the nation in runs per game with a 1.45. And there's some there's your notables for top five runs per game. Slugging percentage, Jessica Chilcott of Iona leads with a 1.167 slugging percentage. Kate Gordon of JMU, fourth in the nation with a 1.095 slugging percentage. <clears throat> Leading the nation in on-base percentage is Nikki Sibini, or Sibine, sorry if I mispronounced your name, um, of Youngstown State. She's got a .719 on-base percentage. Uh, tied for fourth in the nation in on-base percentage of JMU is Kate Gordon with a .627. Three players are tied for uh, the lead in the nation with 10 home runs on the season. Mallory Payton of Kentucky, Paige Rouch of Villanova, and Bailey Vinoy of Char Charlotte, excuse me, not Charlotte, Charlotte with 10 home runs all tied to lead the nation. And look who's tied for fourth in the nation in home runs with nine. Valerie Cagle of Clemson. She's having a legitimate season both in the circle and at in the batter's box. Um, leading the nation in RBIs with 39 RBIs is Alex Martins of Kentucky. So that's why she almost averages two RBIs per game, because she's got 39. Um, and literally tied for second in the nation in RBIs is literally 29 RBIs. And it's also Valerie Cagle of Clemson. Second in the nation in RBIs with 29, that's 10 off the leader. That's insane. Alex Martins is having an offensive juggernaut of a season from an RBI standpoint. <coughs> um, Shannon Sale of Oklahoma leads the nation with five saves. Mariah Mazone of Oregon State is second in the nation in shutouts with five. Megan Faramo of UCLA leads the nation in strikeout to walk ratio with a 31.25. And just for reference, second best strikeout to walk ratio in the nation is 12. Um, so if that tells you where we're at on strikeout to walk ratios. <clears throat> Leading the nation in strikeouts is Keely Rochard of Virginia Tech with 143 strikeouts. Megan Faramo of UCLA is second in the nation in strikeouts with 125. Amber Pfizer of Minnesota is third in the nation in strikeouts with 110. And Mariah Mazone of Oregon State is tied for fourth in the nation in strikeouts with 108. And the last individual stat leader I have for you is triples. Seven triples on the season by Kentucky's Kayla Kowalik. She has seven triples. It's incredible. 
Um, now we move on to our team stat leaders. <clears throat> Give me just a second. All right. UCLA leads the nation in batting average with .382. Texas is second in the nation in batting average with a .372. Kentucky is fifth in the nation in batting average with a .368. <clears throat> LSU leads the nation in ERA with a .95. Oklahoma State is second in ERA with 1.26. Oregon State is third in ERA with a 1.3. Stanford is third. Fifth in ERA with a 1.4. Um, Stony Brook leads the nation in fielding percentage with a .997. Oregon, <clears throat> Oregon is second in the nation in fielding percentage with a .987. So no one's perfect in the field anymore. No one's unbeaten in the nation anymore. Anyway, just a little side notes to that. Um, New Mexico State leads the nation in home runs per game with 2.24. JMU is second in the nation in home runs per game with 1.85. And Arizona State is fifth in the nation in home runs per game with a 1.64. Leading the nation in runs per game is Kentucky with 8.9. JMU is second in the nation in runs per game with a 8.46. UCLA is third in the nation in scoring in 8.15. New Mexico State is fifth in the nation in runs per game with 7.82. And look at that. New Mexico State also leads the nation in slugging percentage with a .655. JMU is third in the nation in slugging percentage with a .629. And Arizona State is fifth in the nation in slugging percentage with a .619. Excuse me. <clears throat> UCLA leads the nation in strikeouts to walk ratio with an 11.4. Arkansas is tied for third in strikeout to walk ratio with a 5.25. And Oregon is fifth in the nation in strikeout to walk ratio with 5.16. And the last team stat I have for you is walks. Leading the nation in walks is Southern Miss with 94. Second in the nation in walks is Arizona State with 93. Fourth in the nation in walks with 90 is Georgia. So there's your stat leaders uh, as of Monday. So congratulations to everyone on that list. Um, you can certainly see there's some numbers that stand out from the offensive side about who's on top and whatnot. Um, so, congratulations to everyone who's leading the nation or in the top five in the nation in those stats. Um, and you know we'll continue to update those stats throughout the season here for you, so that way you don't have to miss out on who's leading the nation and what and all of that good stuff. But... Since we're done with stats, let's move on to the recap of week four. We're going all the way back to last Wednesday, UNC continued their free fall, losing to Elon 2-1, to and Brittany Pickett is still out with a broken hand, unfortunately. Um, so UNC's dealing with that loss, and that's a huge loss for them right now. As you can tell, um, 
I, I didn't put it on the recap, but they did pick up a, I, be, I think they at least won one game against Pitt this weekend at home. But not exactly the greatest showing from UNC uh, recently. I mean, and that's sort of to be expected with losing their ace pitcher who, who can also hit the ball. So so one of those tough breaks. Um, sorry, no pun intended there. Um, but that's just certainly not the what you want to see from UNC softball, that's for sure. Um, Duke. I mentioned Duke playing NC State. That was last Wednesday. Duke took down NC State 5-1 to in a non-conference game. I'm not going to go back into that whole spiel that I did to open this episode. Um, but Duke took down NC State. Clemson picked up their... <clears throat> I mentioned it earlier. Clemson picked up their biggest win in their young program history in their first year over Georgia 4 to 1. So Clemson picked up that huge win. Um Megan Smith saves Texas A&M against Sam Houston State with a walk-off fielder's choice in game 1 of a doubleheader 4 to 3. And then Sam Houston State rallies to take game 2 6 to 3 over Texas A&M which I don't think that's a good look for Texas A&M splitting that doubleheader and almost getting swept in that doubleheader by Sam Houston State. But, again, just my opinion. And UCF and Florida State, they didn't get to play last Wednesday, so they're going to try again tonight. And I will have that will be mentioned later when I do the highlight games for the next week. Thursday, last Thursday, maybe a shocker, maybe not. Um, It was certainly a shocking score to me, Um, but Cal Poly crushed Illinois 12-2 in five innings. That's certainly not a score I expected to see from Illinois. I expected Illinois to win that game. If anything, crushed Cal Poly. Um, so that was a little bit of a shocker in my mind. Um, maybe Illinois just had an off game. I mean, who knows? You know, these kind of things always happen to teams, you know. Um, so it was just a little bit of a shocking result to see. Anna Jones puts the ball in play, and a throwing error by the shortstop allows LSU to walk off on Texas Tech 6-5 in the bottom of the 7th. Don't know why I put 6th there. Sorry, that's my bad on the notes part. Excuse me. Um, And that win was a rebound from losing to Loyola Marymount 1-0 earlier in the day. So LSU almost lost twice in the same day. Could have lost to Loyola Marymount and Texas Tech in the same day, which that's part of Texas Tech slumping. They, sh- I mean, the throwing error gave LSU the win. So they got the pl- like I mentioned, Texas Tech has the players. They just need to get it together. <clears throat> Baylor was able to score two runs in the top of the seventh. To take down Arkansas at Arkansas three to two, 
Um, there was great pitching from Gia Rodoni and Autumn Storms in that game. It was a very good pitching duel there. Um, Sophie Frost pitches a two-hit gem for Cal State Fullerton to take down Texas Tech one to nothing, and then Cal State Fullerton holds on to take down Cal four to three. So Cal State Fullerton had a very nice Thursday evening. Texas Tech did not, losing two one-run games to LSU and Cal State Fullerton. So, Texas Tech taking a couple of losses maybe they could have avoided. <clears throat> BYU down 6-3, to three, rallies with four runs between the top of the sixth and the seventh inning to take down Illinois 7-6. to six. So... BYU, credit to you for coming back on Illinois. So Illinois took a couple losses on Thursday as well, both to Cal Poly and BYU. So Illinois is cooling off as a team after their very hot start to the season. Um, Danielle Liu is the hero for Nevada as they walk off on Oregon State 1-0 in the bottom of the 8th. Then Oregon State bounces back behind Mariah Mazon's pitching to beat Hawaii 2-1. And lastly from Thursday, back-to-back home runs from Mary Iacopo and Lauren Burke lead Texas to hand UCLA its first loss of the season 6-4 in eight innings. So UCLA was handed their first loss of the season at home, no less, by Texas. So what could potentially be a world Women's College World Series Finals preview? Texas ended up beating UCLA on UCLA's turf 6-4 in 8 innings. Keep that game in mind as we get to the tournament because I very well could very easily could see that being the um, I could very easily see that being the Women's College World Series Championship Finals. <clears throat> or championship series, whatever they call it. Um, so moving on to Friday, Baylor took down Florida State 2-1. to one. Northwestern cruises past North Texas behind Danielle Williams' 12 strikeouts. BYU takes down Texas Tech 7-5 to five to give them their fifth straight loss, which is part of why I said Texas Tech was slumping earlier. They had lost five straight up to that point. Oregon has 18 hits to crush Drake 12 to one in five innings, then survives against Tulsa three to two to stay undefeated to that point on the season. <clears throat> Washington rallies with three runs in the top of the sixth to take down LSU 3-1, which was a very huge game. That was number two versus number four in the nation. So Washington got the better of LSU. UIC crushes Louisville 10-2 in a head-scratching loss, which I certainly didn't anticipate. I don't know if you people did, but... I don't know. I just I don't I'm not seeing great things out of Louisville for some reason. I don't know why that is, but I thought Louisville would be better than they were. I guess Chardonnay Harris can't just do it all for them in the circle. So, I don't know. That's just another head scratch to me. I 
I don't know. We'll see. Oklahoma takes down Northwestern 8-3, but then they let Abilene Christian hang around, but eventually Oklahoma beat them 4-2. <clears throat> In a little bit of a shocker, <clears throat> I well, I would definitely say it's a it's definitely a shocker. Miami, Ohio took down Iowa 2 to 1. Um <clears throat> now I didn't look at the stats. I didn't see if Allison Ducey, their um, fantastic pitcher in the circle, um was pitching that game. And with the scoreline being as low as as it was, it, she might have been pitching that game. But still, Iowa should be a team that should beat Miami, Ohio. The Red Hawks. You would think that the Hawkeyes could beat the Red Hawks. Um uh, it just wasn't in the cards then on Friday then, I guess. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Notre Dame scores six unanswered to take down Duke 6-2 to two in the first game of the series. North Florida stunned Virginia Tech 3-2. to two. I, I mean, I, saw, I had to look at that scoreline. <clears throat> or I... <clears throat> When I looked at that, I was like, wait a minute, what? Virginia Tech lost to North Florida? <clears throat> that, <clears throat> excuse me, get the voice back, come on, here we go. That loss was very shocking to me. Um, I'm sure it was shocking to most of the rest of the country as well. Um, so... Uh, it's, it is what it is, I guess. <clears throat> Just in par with the season as how it's going right now. So, Kerry Eberly throws a two-hit shutout to lead Oklahoma State past Louisville three to nothing. Auburn is saved from an embarrassing loss to Georgia Southern thanks to Alyssa Rivera in the bottom of the ninth, five to four, before a huge game with Minnesota. Uh, that happened after that game. Florida took down Louisiana in the first game of the series 6 to nothing. That was a pretty big win. <clears throat> Texas A&M takes another embarrassing loss this time to Southeastern Louisiana 8 to nothing in 6 innings. They got run ruled by Southeastern Louisiana. That's a severely damaging loss for Texas A&M. Uh, SEC teams should not be losing to Southeastern Louisiana. That's just not acceptable per the AC or the SEC standard. <clears throat> I mean, it's that's really quite an incredible score. Uh, I mean, you just, it's just shocking. Clemson comes back down seven to four to beat UVA in their first ACC series game ever. To walk it off eight to seven, thanks to a guess who, Valerie Cagle home run. So they got their first ever ACC win uh, in their first ever ACC game. Technical first, technically first ACC game um, by beating UVA at home. Mariah Mazone is the hero as she shuts down Seattle and gets the walk off to win one to nothing in eight innings. Mariah Mazone is looking every bit like the best player on Oregon State by far. I, I'm pretty sure I don't know any other players really on Oregon State, 
except for their uh, other pitcher, Tristan Melancone. She transferred from Houston. <clears throat> um, but otherwise, I don't think I really know anyone else on the Oregon State squad. No offense to them. That's Mariah Mazone is the top player on that team, without a doubt. Um, continuing on with Friday, Addie Jarvis pitches a one-hit shutter, sh- shutter, a one-hit shutout. Excuse me for Illinois to beat Colorado State five to nothing. Mariah Lopez, Alyssa Palomino Cardoza, and Arizona outduel Lexi Kilfoyle in Alabama two to one. That was that was a huge matchup. Another one huge matchup is Texas holding off Washington to win eight to six. So so Texas had beaten the number one and the number two team in back to back games, back to back days. So what a run Texas was having. Um, Cielo Mesa's eight strikeouts lead Arizona State past Wisconsin three to one. Amber Pfizer's ten strikeouts lead Minnesota past Auburn five to four. And her defense tried to screw her over, so thankfully Amber Pfizer was able to get that win. And then Fresno State scores in the bottom of the sixth to beat Illinois three to two to wrap up Friday. Now, moving on to Saturday's action. While I was down in Raleigh, let's look at what I couldn't all get to watch. Florida State took down Baylor 5-3. Clemson takes down UVA 8-4 to guarantee Clemson would win its first ACC series ever in its first attempt. Louisiana takes down Florida 7-5 to tie the series and force a very exciting Game 3 on Sunday. Or the next day, whatever, however you want to view it, because, you know, it's already happened, but whatever. Oregon suffered its first loss of the season to Louisville, so Louisville rebounded from Friday, from Friday's two losses, to take down Oregon 4-3 to thanks to two runs at the top of the 7th. So Oregon took their first loss of the season. So that the Oregon, Stony Brook at some point took a loss during the weekend. I think they might have taken two losses because they got no hit, if I, if I remember correctly. Um, so that's where all the, no, the um, unbeatens went. So they all just died off. But North Texas did it again. This time, they took down, instead, they beat Louisiana. They very nearly beat Texas. This time, they take down Oklahoma 4-3. North Texas is proving to be a very, very dangerous team right now. North Texas could very well go into the tournament play and, you know, upset a regional depending on who they would have to play. Based on what we're seeing from them right now, I would not be shocked if North Texas could pull pull several wins out of a regional. <clears throat> Just saying. Um, oh God, slacks sack fly. Try saying that five times fast. Um, leads Texas to a one nothing win over Michigan. <clears throat> Oklahoma State's Sidney Pennington 
hits a walk-off in the eighth inning to lift them over Louisville 2-1. to one. Then they walk off again on Oregon 5-4 to four in the ninth inning to give Oregon their second straight loss. <laughs> so Oregon was unbeaten going into Saturday. They come out with two losses. To be fair, Oklahoma State and Louisville. Oklahoma State, understandable. Louisville? Yeah. Especially with the way Louisville's been playing this season. Well, anyway. <laughs> not, not my place to say. But anyway. <laughs> Notre Dame clinches the series win with a one nothing win over Duke. So they got that ACC series win, regardless of whether they lost on Sunday or not. Alabama nearly lost to UT Arlington three to two. That was that's a that's a head. Well, actually, that's not as much of a head scratching score line, score. And we'll talk about that once I get to Tuesday's games, and you'll understand more about why I say that here just in probably the next five to ten minutes. <clears throat> Troy took down South Carolina. 2-1, yet another ranked team getting beaten by an, un- an unranked team, um, and it was Troy, I mean, it was shocking, me and my, <clears throat> give a shout out to my buddy Wayne here, Wayne, he was uh, with me in Raleigh, he's a former manager with JMU Softball as well, Um but he, when he notified me of that, I was just stunned. I was like, excuse me? Troy beat South Carolina? What is happening here? Um, I, this season has been absolutely insane. <clears throat> and then, Texas, being as the hottest team in the country, decides to lose to Fresno State, because Fresno State took down Texas 4-3. to So... I mean, Fresno State's better than people are giving them credit. Well, I don't know. Actually, they're starting to receive votes in the top 25 now, so Fresno State is certainly better than the they, the recognition they got at the beginning of the season. Fresno State is a really sneaky good team. North Texas isn't necessarily sneaky good anymore. They're, like, legit good. Fresno State is becoming is starting to get to that legit good, but they're still sneaky, you know, at least to people on the East Coast, I would say now, you know, because Fresno State plays in the West, they play later. Not many, not as many people get to be able to follow their games or watch their games from the East Coast or, you know, even the other time zones in the U.S. But um, Fresno State, they took down Texas four to three, man. And I was just like, well. Let the upsets rain, man. I mean, it's just non-stop, really. <laughs> I mean, at this point. Keely Rochard threw a no-hitter as Virginia Tech took down Jacksonville 6 to nothing. So there's another good result um, for Keely Rochard. Auburn took down Minnesota 5-1. to one, So, <laughs> I mean... Auburn nearly beat Minnesota twice, so is Minnesota, I mean, what, uh, I I mean, it is so difficult right now, um, 
if I had to give you a top 16 national seed list right now, I could not do it because I have legitimately no idea what the committee is thinking right now with all these upsets happening and everything that's happening around the country. I have literally no idea what is happening at all. <laughs> I want to say they were going to give Texas the one seed, but I, st I mean, I just... <laughs> legitimately have no freaking idea at this point what the committee is going to say on who's the top 16 or whatever you know I mean it's just it's insane to try to figure out right now <laughs> maybe things will start opening up a little bit more as we go to, towards conf or as we get dive into conference play but good lord man the committee has a the selection committee has a job to do when the uh, selection show rolls around in May. Good lord. Um, Arizona took down Alabama again, 6-5. to five. So Arizona went to uh, Tuscaloosa, Tuscaloosa Tuscaloosa no, Tuscaloosa, Alabama and took down Alabama on their at the Rhodes Stadium twice in a weekend. So Arizona's got two huge wins over Alabama, so... Oh, man. this is, I mean, again, it's just wild. JMU took a very questionable loss to Lehigh, 6-2. to two, Then rebounds by cruising to a 13-5 win over NC State, thanks to five errors from NC State. Um... Unfortunate enough to have to watch my former program lose to Lehigh, but then they came back and absolutely dominated an ACC school. So, again, that if that doesn't sum up this season in a nutshell, I really don't know what does. Because it's literally up and down all across the board. Uh, you, ju you just don't know what you're going to see from game to game. You really have no idea. You can take an educated guess, because uh, but you never know where the upsets are going to come from, such as that Lehigh one. And I didn't mention it in the stats, but Lehigh's in the top five in the nation in fielding percentage. Just want to throw that out there. I didn't throw it in there because I didn't think Lehigh was, you know, big enough to be nationally recognized for that. But they're top five in fielding percentage just in case anyone wanted to know. Um, Florida State hangs on to beat Arkansas 2-1. to one. So Arkansas is taking several losses on their home turf in the past week. Gabby Plain throws a one-hit shutout in an 8-0 five-inning win over Fresno State for Washington. So then after Fresno State comes out, takes down Texas, they get run ruled by Washington so again game to game you have no idea what's going to happen Wisconsin crushes Arizona State 10 to 1 in 5 innings that was a shocking loss didn't expect Arizona State to get run ruled by Wisconsin of all teams I get the Big Ten's a good conference or there's there I would argue the Big Ten's bigger better than the ACC but beating Arizona State though didn't see that one coming Michigan took down Texas Tech 8 to 2 so there's another loss for Texas Tech on the weekend 
Michigan picked up that nice win. They almost beat Texas, so Michigan was rebounding a little bit. Um, Maya Brady's three-run homer in the top of the seventh helps, I mean, is part of a five-run seventh, helps UCLA take down San Diego State five to nothing. And then lastly on Saturday, Cal State Fullerton walks off on Illinois four to three in the bottom of the eighth inning. Moving on to Sunday now, another head-scratching loss. Nebraska crushes Missouri ten to two. That was shocking. I mean, I'm, I'm every game is almost shocking at this point in some manner, in some way or fashion. I, it's just incredible. Villanova took down Florida State nine to six. Again, I don't know what's going on there. I mean, Jesus. Paige Rouch tied for the lead in home runs. I mean, in the nation in home runs. So, Louisiana scores six runs in the final two innings to win the series at Florida seven to six and two games to one. Um, so Louisiana picks up a massive series win over Florida. Which is going to, if Louisiana doesn't have a regional and super regional come NCAA tournament, I'm very shocked at that point. I Louisiana may it should be worthy of a top eight seed at this moment because <clears throat> their loss to North Texas looks better and better every week at this point. Um, Clemson crushes UVA 12-3 to sweep their first ACC series and start 3-0 in ACC play. So I mentioned that earlier, Clemson got the sweep. Um, So that was the final game of that series. Washington scores 10 runs in the first three innings to run rule Michigan 10-2 in five innings. Duke rebounds to not get swept by Notre Dame 6-2. Oklahoma takes down Northwestern 5-1. Georgia throws a combined no-hitter to take down Western Carolina 8-0 in five innings. Allison Febre's two home runs and three RBIs lead Oklahoma State over Drake 5-0. Madison Uden, the hero for Michigan, hitting a walk-off home run to lead Michigan over Colorado State 1-0. This one was, this one maybe not be it may not be much shocking, given how they've been playing this season. But East Tennessee State takes down Tennessee four to three, which snapped the streak of one hundred straight wins over in-state opponents for Tennessee. So that streak ended on Sunday, which a hundred straight wins over teams in Tennessee. That's kind of crazy. Also, if you think about it, Tennessee doesn't really have that great of softball programs. So, I mean, it makes sense, but it also, it's like, wow, that's a big number. But um, anyway, um, Kayla Kessinger is the hero for Missouri, getting the walk-off win over Wichita State 5-4. to four. And then lastly on Sunday, a little closer than certainly I expected, but I would hope maybe everyone expected, but UCLA beats San Diego 4 to nothing. So, there's that. Um, 
no games of note on Monday, so we'll go uh, move on to yesterday or Tuesday. <clears throat> UVA's new um, softball field named Palmer Park gets opened up with a ten to three win by JMU over UVA before they have a series at home with Virginia Tech this weekend. So the Commonwealth Clash, or the Commonwealth Cup, is this weekend. UVA will be at home hosting their first ever ACC series in that new ballpark, and they get Virginia Tech coming to town, a ranked opponent. Also of note from that game, UVA committed six errors in that game, and almost all of them were early in the game when JMU was actually being no-hit by Molly Grube. Um, So UVA's six errors eventually caught up with them, and then JMU just powered their way to a 10-3 win over UVA yesterday. Kennedy Hines throws a three-hit. I mentioned UT Arlington nearly beating uh, Alabama on, on Saturday. Kennedy Hines throws a three-hit shutout to lead UT Arlington over Baylor in Waco, one to nothing. So that was an interesting uh, game. Michigan leaves ten runners on base as they escape with a win over St. John's, four to two in Los Angeles last night. Alex Straco also had fifteen strikeouts in that game, so she just upped her strikeouts per seven innings number. A little bit last night, so there's that. And then lastly, the last game I have to recap the last week is Lexi Sosa's two-hit shutout leads UCLA over St. John's nine to nothing in five innings. <clears throat> so that's the recap of week four of the last week. Um, now we're in March, obviously. Conference play is going to start heating up here real soon. Um, so let's take a look at some the highlighted games or games that I have highlighted over the ne- week five or in the next week. Starting today, we got three games of note today. Florida Gulf Coast at Florida. Florida Gulf Coast is one of those mid-major programs that's always really is always good at softball. And I want to see if they can go to Florida and take them down. Because Florida, excuse me, Florida's a very good team. I mean, their series with Louisiana was very good. So I want to see if Florida, or one, I want to see Florida can rebound from that series loss to Louisiana, and two, I want to see if Florida Gulf Coast can hang with Florida or even hand them a loss on their own turf. So that would be a very interesting storyline for to put in the recap for next week. So I mentioned the Florida State Central Florida game was uh, moved from last Wednesday to tonight. That game was supposed to be at Florida State in Tallahassee. That game has been moved to Orlando, and it will be now Florida State at Central Florida, not Central Florida at Florida State. Um, So that's still a very good matchup to watch, though, tonight. Wichita State at Oklahoma is going to be a... I mean, Wichita State has not had a great season at all. Usually they're one of those teams that's, you know, 
definitely up there more for softball. Um, I want to see if maybe they can at least give Oklahoma a good fight. I don't know if they will be able to. We'll just have to wait and see on that one. But I want to see if Oklahoma, I want to see how they handle this game. Michigan versus Cal State Fullerton. That should be a fun one. Michigan at UCLA is going to be a fantastic one. Starocco versus um, Bobian will take on Cal State Fullerton, but Starocco versus Faramo, I assume, is going to be the matchup in that game, and I am very excited to see that matchup. Minnesota, Cal State Fullerton is a good game. I mentioned Clemson. They're at home against Pittsburgh for the three-game series this weekend. Liberty plays two games at Texas this weekend, so I want to see if Liberty can give Texas a fight, maybe do what Duke did to them a couple weeks ago. Um, Oregon State plays Ohio State twice this weekend down in Arizona, so that should be, though that is a little bit better of a matchup than most people would think. I mean, that's something some, certainly a game I'm looking at. Um, you, as softball fans, should be looking at it as well. Stanford at Tennessee. One, I want to see how Tennessee handles this season in this game, for one. Stanford is quietly having a very good season, um, and they get to play at Tennessee. I don't know if having to travel that far is going to hurt Stanford. But we'll just have to wait and see how they play that. Um, So Tennessee's not playing an SEC series this weekend. Um, But anyway, Auburn at Florida for a three-game series. That should be. I want to see if old Mickey Dean and the Auburn Tigers can at least take one game away from Florida. Maybe more. We'll see. I'm not necessarily sure of that yet. Um. South Carolina at Georgia for a huge three-game set. Both teams kind of... Uh, South Carolina is having a... Uh, I didn't mention it, but on Sunday, Troy nearly uh, beat South Carolina again. South Carolina had to walk off on Troy on Sunday. So that tells you how the weekend went for South Carolina. Um, but they'll play at Georgia for a three-game SEC series this weekend. Should be a fantastic matchup. Utah at Oklahoma. I'm excited to see what Utah can bring to the table. Playing Oklahoma should be a good one to keep up with. UCF Michigan. UCF's really hot right now, and I want to see if they can take down Alex Straco or Megan Bobian in Michigan. Maybe a game that's not going to get as much hype here on the East Coast, but Seattle at Oregon twice this weekend. I want to see if Seattle, you know, can at least take a, maybe take a game from Oregon. Because um, Oregon's got two losses now. So how do they respond to that? Can they come out and dominate Seattle for two games? Um, so we'll see how that works out. Arkansas at Alabama for a three-game series. Uh, if you had told me before this past week about that series, I would have said Alabama is going to sweep Arkansas. Now I have legitimately no idea. Arkansas had a down weekend. Alabama very nearly had at least three losses at home. 
So that's going to be a series to keep up with for sure within the SEC and the national landscape. Ole Miss goes to Missouri for a three-game series. That should be a very interesting series as well. See if Missouri can rebound from that loss to Nebraska, that crushing defeat against Nebraska on Sunday. A game that's certainly not on the national landscape. Um, Cal at JMU. I want to see because Cal. I didn't mention it because it literally just happened yesterday, but their head coach just retired because of health reasons. That and I want to see if a Pac-12 team can come to Harrisonburg, Virginia and play against a JMU team and see what they are capable of. Um, Because JMU is hosting Cal and UConn and Siena in a tournament, which I will be there in person to watch, of course. I have to return home for for the home opener, obviously. That just makes sense, duh. Um... So I'll be there this weekend to watch every one of JMU's games. Probably watch a lot of Cal and UConn. Siena, not that much interested in, but Cal and UConn. UConn, if I saw their Twitter correctly, they're having a very good season as well. So I'm not going to just discount Cal and UConn. But it's it's nice to see JMU hosting an actual, like, tournament-style tournament. like a bracketed tournament for once. Usually the JMU Invitational at home is just you play the teams that are in the tournament, not bracketed. You just play them. Nothing else happens. But I'm glad to see that they changed the format of their tournament they're hosting this year. And I'll look forward to being there to watch it all in person this year, um, starting Friday. Be up in Harrisonburg. Um, But anyway... UCF at UCLA, that should be a fun matchup. New Mexico State at Arizona State, see two of the top home run hitting teams and slugging teams in the nation. LMU at Oregon, can LMU or Loyola Marymount keep up um, their intensity that they've had or the uh, really good past couple weeks that they've had against at Oregon. Um, We'll see if Loyola Marymount can take down another power, shall we say. Um, Texas A&M at Kentucky for a three-game series. I think Kentucky should sweep that, but, you know, again, you never know what's going to happen this season. Northwestern at Louisville for two games. Oregon State, New Mexico State. Utah at Oklahoma State. Utah's having to play at Oklahoma and at Oklahoma State this weekend, so I'm interested to see how they're going to handle that. Minnesota at UCLA. Amber Pfizer, Megan Faramo. Oh, yes. Can't wait to see that matchup. Central Florida, Minnesota should be an interesting one. Ohio State at Arizona State. Baylor at Houston for two games. I want to see how Baylor responds um, going to losing to UT Arlington. <clears throat> and the last one is a battle of two teams that are in complete disarray right now. I mentioned them on last week's podcast, UNC at Tennessee. 
I want to see who can stop the bleeding or the free fall in their case next week because that'll be a Tuesday game, I believe. Next Tuesday, um, I want to see what who the heck wants to win that game. Um, but yeah, those are the highlight. Those are my games that I have my eye on this weekend. Won't get to see a lot of them, and that's a perfectly okay by me. I'll have the stats up on my laptop ready to go when I get back to my hotel. So we'll definitely have things to look out for. Just um, so we'll have that all for you next week. Um, but uh, last topic here: the USA softball stand beside her tour is back this week. Um, USA will take on Cal State San Marcos on Sunday at 4. And then they'll take on UC San Diego 35 minutes after that game against Cal State San Marcos. And then on Tuesday at 8, UC, US, Team USA will take on Cal State Northridge at 8 on Tuesday. And then 35 minutes after that game, USA Team USA will take on San Diego State. So I'm certainly excited for Tuesday's games. Those should be fun ones for sure. Um, but yes, there you have everything for you need for the week. Um, SEC play is starting this week, so certainly take note of that this weekend. Um, It'll definitely tell you more about the national landscape and how the committee will view the SEC moving towards selection Sunday. Um, but keep your eyes out for all of those games and obviously so many more because you never know what upsets, what's going to happen. You have no, There's no way of knowing what's going to happen this weekend. Um, so just... Like I like I have said every week, just keep your eyes out for every game. Just keep watching stats, watching games, live, video, whatever you got to do to make sure that you're keeping up with everything that's going on around the country. And I'll look forward to being, like I said, being in Harrisonburg this weekend, returning home to be able to watch JMU play their first home games of the season in a tournament um, but like I said, I'll keep up with everything after the, when the night is over, return to my hotel and get all the good stuff. Um, <clears throat> so looking forward to a great week of softball. Um, we'll be back again next Wednesday morning. As you know, thank you for listening today and I hope you have a great week ahead of you. Um, Looking forward to a great week of softball, and everyone have a great week out there. We'll see you next Wednesday morning. Have a great one.